Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Sabres GM Kevin Adams has now uh, stepped into the press box. Joining me, Brian Colsey, along with Paul Hamilton. Hey, guys. Kevin, thanks for coming in. No problem. Boy, the year's flown by. This is our last one. <laughs> wow, well, it always hits you, like, uh, driving in, and, the you know, it's it's a little warmer. Well, not today as much, but it's been a little warmer. The sun's shining, so, it, uh, yeah, the year has definitely gone fast, no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, fans uh, tonight may get a chance to see uh, what we'll start with, which is Owen Power. Of course, fans have been excited to see his debut the other night and uh, another chance tonight. What have you thought of his first couple games so far in a Sabre uniform? Well, it's uh, it's a lot of what I've seen, you know, throughout this year in terms of his overall game. You know, certainly the poise he shows, uh, the composure with the puck, the, his head up, scanning the ice at all times, looking to make that first, you know, good pass. He's got a really good stick. He kills a lot of plays with his length, covers a lot of ice with his, you know, his six foot six frame. So. Um, you know, for us, obviously, we were excited, you know, when we were able to uh, draft him and then watch him develop this year. And our expectation was to get in, you know, learn who's ever, whose names you're, you're playing with and the equipment staff and the trainers and just go be yourself. Go have fun. You know, no expectations in terms of feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders. Just go be you. Um, this is a great group of players that we have in terms of the culture now in the room. They were very accepting and um, just go just go be yourself and just go play, you know, and then let everything take care of itself. Don Granato had said, too, that he said how quickly he's learning and adjusting and how he's engaging with others on the team defensively and how he expects, like, to pick their brain and be able to just pick up right where kind of they're going with that conversation. And I guess, obviously, you know, with a guy that's been so talented his whole life, maybe that goes with the territory. But I guess you don't want to take that for granted. That's good to hear, I would assume. No, yeah. it's great to hear, yeah. and it's not surprising. I mean, he is uh... – He's extremely self-aware. Uh, he, I've said this to you guys before. He, he has an uncanny ability to process his own game very quickly. And as soon as the game's over or even in between periods, and I've heard the coaches say on the bench after a shift, he's made a comment, I need to do this better. I want to see this on video. He just has good self-awareness um, that a lot of times you don't see in young players. They maybe don't understand their own game as much as maybe an older player that's been around. Um, so that is exciting. He's a curious kid, too. He wants to learn. He asks a lot of questions. You know, at, uh, I posed so on Gergensen, took him out for dinner there the first night in Tampa. And, I, you know, I said, uh, Oki, how, how was dinner? And he said, hour of questions. He just wanted to learn, you know, which I think is a great trait. That's the type of young players we want in this organization. And even Don Granado said, you know, when he doesn't face guys like Tarasenko in the, in the, in the uh, Big Ten. And, all right, that happened. So what? I mean, it's what, isn't it one of those deals? And as Don said, it won't happen again. Yeah, and you know what? I, I This might sound uh, crazy, but I love the read he made on the play. It was a set face-off play um, that they had obviously run, and he actually read it really well. He just got, you know, crossed up by a world-class player. And so the process of things is right. Just the result didn't uh, end up right for us in that sense. But, no, just um, this is all learning. And he, when you have the capacity to learn and the talent that he does, it just accelerates it. And so that, for me, was why this is such an important stretch of understanding what this level is all about and then take that into the offseason. Okay, now I need to make sure I'm focusing on this in my training, whatever that is, and uh, 
you know, I think that'll really help him coming into next season. How about another one-a-year young defenseman, Ryan Johnson? Where are you at with him? Has he made a decision? He has not, um, at this point, made a final decision. We've had great conversations since uh, his team you know, ended in the Frozen Four there. You know, I've personally talked to him, um, talked to his coaching staff. Um, I think everybody's excited about the prospect he is. We've let him know that we're certainly um, comfortable whichever option he wants to take, which is obviously turn professional um, or stay in school. And, you know, ultimately it's up to him. We've, we've talked to him about where we see things, where we see um, him fitting in. And we talked a lot about our younger core, and he kind of fits in that age of, you know, players that uh, could grow up together. Um, and we'll see where it goes. But we certainly feel good about the player and the person he is. A couple of goalies that have made a decision are Portillo and Levi. And I wanted to ask you about development because your forwards and your defense have really done a nice job of development this year, even down in Rochester. And they look like they're moving forward. They may be moving a little forward, more forward than you thought this year. With the two kids not coming and you're not going to have a prospect in Rochester, does that maybe stymie the goaltender growth or maybe move it back a little and put a little gap between your forwards and D and your goaltend- young goaltending? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, thought. I mean, from my perspective, um, they're both in great situations. So you look at, you, you take a step back and you say, where are your prospects playing? What competition is it? What's their um, coaching staff like? And all of, and, I mean, those are those guys are both in really good spots. So that's important. They play every minute of each game, basically, which is, not always the case in college hockey playing back-to-back. So um, we weren't surprised by their decision. It, you know, it's something we've had communication with them all year. Um, we went through the same process with them that we have with Ryan uh, Johnson and just had conversations, explained kind of where we see things moving forward. I guess the takeaway from my standpoint is um, you don't know the answer to your question until you give it a little more time, and we'll see how things develop you know, over the next year. But we're certainly excited about them as prospects. Um, and we really feel good about, you know, when you look at when you look at the long term of our younger goaltenders in the system, you, you feel good about um, their ability and their where their games are trending. I know Eric is a bright young man who is in the business school at Michigan, and I know I've heard that's important to him too. I know he has that app and everything. Has, has he indicated to you at all? that he has on his mind that he might want to go to unrestricted free agency. No, he hasn't said that. In fact, um, he said the opposite um, when I had a, I had a good conversation with uh, him. He and his father at one point, um, they actually said, you know, when you look at the National Hockey League, this looks like a great organization in terms of the, the, the opportunity to develop into a National Hockey League goalie. And what's also really good about um, these players that we're talking about is they also know they need to get better, and they know they're not, they're not ready. I mean, it's very rare, especially on the goaltending side, that someone can jump right into this level, and they need time to develop. And um, for them, they feel comfortable. They're in a good spot. They can continue to get better. But, no, he's never indicated that. And um, we'll continue to do the right things with them. We'll continue to have Seamus Kodak, you know, lead in terms of the conversations with them, both those guys, and what they need to work on and how they need to get better. And I'm also a big believer that, you need to communicate well with the people that they talk to every day, which means their coaching staff and their goalie coaches and advisors or people that are around them because you want to all be on the same page. You don't want these young players hearing different things and mixed messages. You want to make sure everybody's on the same page, and I think that's you know something we work hard at on our player development side. How much does it help with Eric that he's very good friends, of course, with Owen and with Rasmus Dahlin? Um, it, you know, it's it, they they a lot, I guess, is the answer. But um, <laughs> he and Owen are close, um, and I – 
didn't realize even the families know each other, the Dalines. You know, they had played you know, together when they were younger kids. The parents know each other. So, um, you know, I, I've encouraged our players to pick up the phone and call and just, hey, when there's questions a player has, um, especially if it's a prospect, I can give them an answer. It's uh, great when they hear it from someone in the organization. But ultimately, when players talk to each other and, you know, Rasmus Dahlin can talk to Eric Portillo about here's what's going on in Buffalo and here's why I'm excited to be part of this organization. This is something special. It's really powerful, you know. So I've encouraged communication completely with all of our guys, you know, whether it's an NHL player to a prospect or a prospect to an NHL player. Call them and talk to them. Ask questions. I think that's a great culture to have. Sabres GM Kevin Adams with us here. Buffalo and Philadelphia coming up a little bit later here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Let's go on to another young goaltender, Uka Pekalukin. And I know uh, when we spoke about a month ago, I had asked you maybe about his plan. Would we see him back up? And I know you said you were kind of taking it week by week as he was still coming off of the injury at that point. So now obviously with the Sabres season coming here toward near its end, looks as though obviously that decision has been made to keep him down there. What went into that decision about not bringing him back up and Overall, kind of where do you see him maybe as could he be the guy going forward next year? Well, I really like, I mean, his game last night was really strong. You know, his his overall game, I would say in some ways has been um, probably better than his number show, if that makes any sense. There was a stretch in Rochester there where they had a decimated lineup and, you know, he's facing a lot of shots, but he was making a lot of key saves at key times and nights where he maybe gave up a goal or two you didn't like. I loved his mental toughness, his response. So there's a lot of good growth there and to me, that's all part of the journey, especially as a goalie, learning the ups and downs and facing the adversity. And, you know, as as we looked at our recall situation, it was it was more than just can we come up and get them a game. It was also they're basically playing a playoff game every night in Rochester right now. I mean, their percentage points in or out, you can go from sixth to second in a weekend. And what I weigh or we weigh as an organization is um, – what does a game like last night, you know, mean for him and his development versus, you know, maybe coming up and playing one game here? You know, we're kind of weighing all that. So there still potentially could happen if if it worked out where he could play, come up and play a game. But I think what he's going through right now and the grind and the pressure of playing in those meaningful games has been really, uh, really good for him. Okay, so you set me up perfect for my next question then. The value of the Emmerichs making the playoffs. Obviously, I'm guessing part of the decision of keeping Quinn there, keeping Paterka there, that was a piece of that to – kind of take some ownership with them and leadership and trying to get that team to the playoffs and then play in the playoffs. Would you consider a, a player like Fitzgerald here with this team now, now that you've got to see him for quite a bit of games, giving the defense some help down in Rochester to maybe get them that extra nudge or two that they would need to get to the postseason because of the value that it could bring? Yeah, we talk about it every day. And, you know, so I guess to look at, look at the big picture, of course, in a perfect world, Rochester making the playoffs and being able to go on a long, meaningful run would be fantastic. And it would be great for not only UPL and JJ and Jack Quinn down there, but, you know, obviously with Krebs and Sammy and, and Fitzgerald potentially going down there. I mean, it, that is Brandon Byro. I mean, these are young, really good players in our organization. In saying that, I think you have to be careful of getting obsessed about that. You know, you have to really take a step back. And I've had this conversation with Seth Appert and the coaching staff. Don't compromise development for that obsession of we have to get in the playoffs and we have to do this. That'll take care of itself. Develop the players to become the best players they can be. And that's the job in Rochester. Um, We want to win. We always expect to win at every level we play. But I want to make sure that we're 
we're setting the culture right where when a player walks into that room in Rochester, he knows I have to get better today. And then everything else will kind of take care of itself. So in saying all that, we definitely want to see him, and I hope they make a push here. You're balancing it out. Of course you want him to make it, but you also don't want to, as you said, I think you said it well, jeopardize development. Right. So So there's a, you know, you're always balancing. It's not a perfect black and white answer, but, um, you know, we'll see how it goes here. And we'll also keep an open mind on what you suggested as well. It's something we have talked about. What would it? Would it hinder Casey? I'm talking about him specifically, his development, knowing that I did, I put in 31 good games, but they need my help. Not not a, not a penalty that you're going down, but they need my help. Would that hurt his development? I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, again, like it's I've said this to you guys. I know in doing this interview before that you can develop in different ways in different leagues. You know, like UPL when he was up here earlier was developing at the National Hockey League, was getting better, and then he had an unfortunate injury. Casey Fitzgerald's taken a massive step. Now, would it hurt him to go back and play in a meaningful game? I don't think it would. But what is the best thing for him? The competition he's facing, you know, that's kind of the – that's the and we talk about it every day, you know. And so um, we're just trying to balance all of that and make the best decision you can and, and be honest with our players about it. You know, when we make decisions – um, it's for the we trying to do it for the right reasons, and I'm a big believer. You just have to communicate, you know. So if we do something like that, we would sit him down and have a conversation and explain things. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I'm more obsessed with them making the playoffs than you are. Probably, <laughs> I'm very obsessed with it. I think it'd be great for him. No, yeah, I do too. It yeah. would be great, but you know, we have to keep the development part. Of it. Um, and just to clarify for fans, I know that there's always we get questions all the time. So Fitzgerald, obviously, we talked about Samuelson, Krebs are eligible for the postseason with Rochester, and Owen Power is not. That's correct? correct? Yeah, okay. Owen is not, just based on the collective bargaining yep. rules and timing and signing and all of that. But the the other three you mentioned are, and that's why we made sure before the trade deadline just the paperwork that we needed to do to make sure, uh, if that's the case, that they'd be able to go down. Okay. You've got, as, as we move forward here, your draft time. Next two years, you've got four first-round picks and four second-round picks. That's a lot. Yep. Are you thinking in your mind, I'd like to maybe use one or two of those picks as draft currency to maybe pick up, not not Alex Tuck, but a guy who maybe is 25 years old, who's developed, who can be here for a lot of years like Alex. So, Or do you think, no, we need to make those picks. We need to make all eight of those picks coming up in the next two years. Yeah, I think uh, if you're asking, you know, which way do I lean on that, I definitely would lean more towards we need to be, you know, making making the picks and, you know, building the pipeline up. And these, these picks are critical for the future of the organization. And when you take a long view, you know, and I'm talking three, five, six years down the road, then you really – you're going to need these players. These are critical pieces of our future. But in saying that, we have to do our work and be open-minded. Um, if something makes sense, I've always said that we have to be open-minded to um, making a move like that if it was the right thing for organization. What I'd always balance is, um, is it the right thing for the now and the long term? Because I've said this a lot. You can't fast-forward. We can't do something and lose our focus and discipline trying to fast-forward. We have to stay disciplined. Um, and that, to me, is unbelievable currency to have. Um, that amount of draft picks, first-round picks, uh, it's really valuable. And we really believe that, you know, those type of decisions, and you, if you can draft well, can set you up for sustainable success for the long term. And that's what we're trying to build here. Even like UFAs, I get fans all the time, well, they should be in on this signing. Oh, look at this guy's going to be available. He's going to cost $11 million. Well, we got the room, but... 
I have a bias towards this, and I, I, I always feel about 70% of the signings, big signings on July 1st, are regretted in two or three years. I don't feel it's a way to build a club. Is, is that kind of a signing, anything you're looking at, or do you believe, no, that's just not the way to do it? Well, I think you have to be, uh, again, disciplined in how you do it. Um, I think there's opportunities to sign players. They can come in and help your, help your franchise now. But, you know, this is a really important thing to think about, especially if you're a fan thinking about a free agent. Is it potentially going to box someone out or block a position or playing time of someone that's extremely valuable in our organization to come up? So you balance that, and it might be a great signing, but if it takes ice time away from, you name the player, Jack Quinn, then maybe it's not as good, and, and maybe even in the first year it's right, but then in years two, three, four, it's sudden, you're suddenly like, ah, oh, we're now we're, you know, we're holding the guy back. So I think you take a look at all those things. Um, you look at term, you look at dollars, you look at who you have in your system, and then you make the right decision um, that you think is best for the franchise. So um, I agree with you, Paul. You, you know, it's hard to – you really need to build a team through the draft, um, staying disciplined. If you can make moves like we were fortunate enough to make with, uh, you know, an Alex talking to Peyton Krabs and a first round pick, you're, you're making a trade, but you're also building your organization up, um, not taking away from your organization in terms of the future. So you balance all that, um, and then if there's the right player there with the free agent time, then we'd look to do it. How do you feel about Krebs? I, sometimes he's a high-wire act out there, but he's young. Again, I, I, some, I might say the same thing I said about pro, or, uh, power. Well, so what? He's going to learn when he coughs the puck up at the blue line, somebody knocks it off his stick and they're gone type of thing. But he makes a lot of good plays, too. I mean, you look at his overall game, he might have that one glaring, uh-oh, but he also may have had eight or nine really nice plays along the way, too. What, what have your thoughts been about him? Well, I think he's uh, – you said it perfectly. I think he's always been a player that's made a lot of plays with the puck. He's, I mean, led the Western League in scoring. I mean, you don't do that without having a high skill level. Um, so what he's learning at this level, and he's still not fully developed. He's not as strong as he's going to be in a couple years, and – um, is the when the right time is to make the play. He trusts his abilities and his instincts, and we want to make sure we give him that creativity. He has unreal vision, um, unbelievable work ethic, compete. Once he gets a little stronger and then he realizes when the right time is to make that play and when the right time is just to maybe lay it behind the defenseman or chip it out, um, I think you know he's, just, he's a sponge too. The kid's going to keep getting better and better. Uh, really, really excited to have him part of our future uh, you know, moving forward. Kevin, we really appreciate all season, all of the uh, what turned into monthly visits. We yeah. hope we can do it again next year. And uh, I know Paul and I appreciate it, but even just your opportunity to uh, let fans hear your insight and what you're thinking, I know that uh, fans are excited to hear from you. So thank you so much. No, no problem. Anytime. Thanks, right. guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.